Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by my co-host, Chairman Stephen Vincent Cam, unable to join us this week. That's okay. We'll get his predictions for Crown Jewel later on so we can continue our year-long contest of predictions. Uh, so that is going to be the main focus of our show this week. We've got eight matches taking place for the show this coming Saturday, I believe, at noon on the WWE Network if you plan on watching it. Uh, for me personally, there's too much good college football on, so if there's if I see highlights, I will catch the highlights. Uh, if not, and if, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, we'll see. But that's my plan this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be the main topic, but we will talk a little bit about AEW uh, this uh, from this past Wednesday. A couple of big things coming out of the show. The first being that Jeff Jarrett made his debut in AEW on TV, which, you know, this guy just seems to always find his way back in the wrestling business. He's like he's basically going to be like the cockroach of the wrestling business. Pro wrestling will die, but Jeff Jarrett is still going to have a job somewhere. And he came out on Dynamite this past uh, Wednesday. He attacked a Sting um, and Darby, or sorry, attacked Darby Allen, excuse me. Um, he declared war on the AEW, AEW roster, and then it was announced that uh, he would serve as AEW's director of business development, which is basically going to be like their, uh, I guess, like show booking for arenas. And it's just like, come on, like first you bring in Matt Taven, then you bring in Jeff Jarrett. Are you trying to kill me? Like as far as what you're bringing in and I do, I really need to see. Jeff Jarrett versus Sting again. I saw it in the dying days of WCW. I saw it in TNA, and now I'm going to see it again in AEW. And it's like, come on, guys, really? Uh, I don't need that at all. And then they bring in Shibata as well, and he'll be fighting um, Orange Cassidy this coming uh, Friday on Rampage. So, I mean, you bring in Shibata, and that's the match you get, and it's just like... Oh, all right. I don't know what Tony Khan is doing at this point. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about AEW and the struggle with us lately. Rampage, I don't watch because the time slot sucks, and I feel like they don't even try really in Dynamite anymore. It's kind of just there. I mean, clearly we're missing the Bucks and Co- and, uh, Cody. I'm sorry, he's long gone. Kenny Omega. Um, you know, we're definitely missing them guys. I mean, just trying to think, like, just... I'm, I'm starting to think full gear might be a pass for me coming up in a few weeks. Like, this is $50 of hard-earned money, and the direction of AEW right now just doesn't get me excited. Like, you bring in Jeff Jarrett, who is the ultimate sleazebag, and I can't stand the guy. He's the last outlaw. It's like, cool, whatever. And then Shibata, you know, you're putting him on Rampage that... The viewership is declining. It's a terrible time, so like I said, like this guy should be featured on Dynamite. But of course, you're gonna have the argument that oh, you know, not so many people are familiar with Shibata in New Japan, blah blah blah. So let's put him here because you know we don't want to take away from their Jay Lethal match. Tony, you're failing, bud. Yeah, and of course, I believe also Mike Tyson is appearing on Rampage this week as well. So. I guess they're trying to get people to watch Rampage by bringing in big names as one-offs when you could actually be trying to get people to watch Rampage by, you know, having some storylines or constant characters on that show. Like, for a while, remember, it was a Team Taz show, and CM Punk was around, CM Punk was on it a few times. It's like, that's how you get people to watch Rampage, not having, you know, bringing in big celebrities like Mike Tyson. And is he, is he even a big celebrity anymore? I'm not sure. But you bring in Mike Tyson, 
you bring in Shibata for a one-off, it's like, all right, like, no, that's not how you're going to get me to watch Rampage. Like, because I know Mike Tyson's probably going to be gone next week. I know Shibata's probably there for a one-off. is going to be gone next week. So that isn't going to be a way you end up getting me to watch a show like Rampage. And like you said, for it's a bad spot, a time slot, excuse me, on Friday nights, you know, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, I think that's 9 o'clock for the YouTube channel. And it's just like 10 o'clock Fridays, I'm... 90% of the time I'm out doing something, whether it's working my part-time job or out with friends. And it's just like, that's what I would be doing during Friday nights, not watching Rampage. And then, you know, if I could record it, I would, but like, there's never anything that makes me want to record it. So that's kind of where they are with Rampage right now. And even Dynamite's, like we said, it's been struggling. Um, you know, their pay-per-view is in two weeks from, I believe this Saturday. So, uh, you know, not that I mean we say this all the time. It seems like we said this about the last few AEW pay-per-views where it seems like the build isn't that great uh, for the show. But who knows? Maybe something will change when we get to our preview show in a couple weeks for the Saturday, November nineteenth show. But we are here to talk about and preview AEW or excuse me WWE uh, Crown Jewel. Which took place, which is taking place this coming Saturday. Uh, that'll be the main focus of the show. We are uh, real quick. Um, as far as other stuff that happened on Raw, what did you think of the revealed chairman that it was Miz that was kind of the you know trying to pay Dexter Loomis to you know what is it better his career? I believe it was or something like that. That whole storyline just makes no sense to me. It's very disappointing. Like I, I, I just I don't know most of. Raw, I watched on recap and because I was trick or treating with the child, and I came back and I was exhausted. I didn't realize how exhausting trick or treating is as an adult, and I was pretty much passed out. I had the Bengals Browns game on one TV. That game was a snooze fest. So Monday was just a snooze fest. I forgot to rewatch Raw. I didn't watch all the Dynamite. I've been so exhausted this week. Wrestling just right now we're kind of in a slump period right now for both promotions. It's kind of Raw's. Magic Wand, you know, has just kind of cooled off lately, and this Miz, Dexter Loomis stuff ain't, ain't doing it. Yeah, now they got Johnny Gargano roped into it as well. You know, I obviously, you know, it's good that Gargano is getting a focus of a storyline here, but you would hope that, you know, he'd be starting to wrestle a little bit more. I don't need to see him in a program with The Miz or losing to fucking Baron Corbin like he did a couple weeks ago on Raw. Uh, but let's get into this card here. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Obviously, like, you know, we said, you know, Saturday, 12 o'clock in the middle of November. That's college football season. Like I said, for me, there's Premier League soccer on. It's like, it's a tough watch to get me to watch this show. Though it seems like they're trying to treat this one more of like an actual, you know, big pay-per-view, a big deal with actual stuff possibly happening on it, rather than just kind of like in the Vince days treating it as a one-off. So if there's good stuff on it, I might watch it later on. But... Let's start with the news from this past Monday, one of the big stories coming out of Raw, that Alexa Bliss and Asuka won the women's tag team titles from EO Sky and Dakota Kai, and now the rematch is being set up for this coming Saturday. Um, you know, Chairman, you made the point a few weeks ago that damage control is just being overexposed, and I don't get it again here with them losing the tag team titles on Raw, and then we have this rematch coming up here in at Crown Jewel, and it's like, well, you could have, if you're just going for a title change, done the title change there, um, unless they, and if, but if they plan, and if they plan on swapping the titles back to damage control, that just goes, okay, well, I hate quick title swaps like that. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, they just need to. Like we need them to be focused on Raw 
Uh, we've got Emma back on SmackDown, so that adds a little bit more depth to the SmackDown women's division. So maybe they don't need to show up on Raw on SmackDown as much as they do. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with these tag titles, and I don't know why they're doing this re- it's rematch again right here. Uh, but I'll let you start here, Chairman. What are your thoughts on the title change, and who you got winning this one? The title change is just stupid and pointless. Like, if you're going to have these two wrestle at the event Saturday, then why would you do it on Raw? Like, that's just dumb. Like, I feel like these tag titles really haven't benefited anybody since the new regime has started. Like, you had Raquel Rodriguez and Leo of, like, a quick freaking title reign, which did nobody any justice. Aaliyah's off TV already. Raquel with Chassis' partner now. So I was like, well, why did I do believe Aaliyah's her... hurt just in that defense. I believe Aaliyah's hurt. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's like, maybe we should have had Raquel and Chassis partners in the begin with because I felt like they were a better pairing anyway than Chassis and I don't even know who her partner was in that tournament. But here or there, um, yeah, damage control is overexposed. Like we've said before, I don't need them both shows every week. And they're not dominating. They look stupid and foolish. Like when Bianca Belair basically beat all three of them in the grand scheme of things to retain her title at Extreme Rules, like that pretty much killed it all for me. But yeah, we're still we're still going to continue all this feud. Um, and then of course Alexa now going to win the titles. I'm just like now we're doing this match again, and it's like if anything, I'm more interested in Nikki Cross ditching her stupid Nikki ass character and coming back as her crazy self. That's like that's a win right there. So thank you. Thank you for bringing back Nikki Cross. I am very, very happy for that. I don't think we talked about that. And then you talked about Emma just a bit ago, too. That was a surprise. Like, this is just wild times right now with some of these comebacks. But um, damage control is overexposed. I know what. I'm going to say they're going to lose here. I'm going to say that Asuka and Alyssa Bliss retain here because a quick title change is a stupid and terrible idea. They shouldn't do it. So I'm going to say the titles do not change hands here. No. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with the same as well. Uh, I think Asuka and Aleska retain. I don't think, you know, I don't think Triple H is a fan of quick title book, uh, quick title changes as far as I know. So I think if you put them on them and hopefully giving Triple H a little bit of credit here, there's a reason he decided to put them on them. Uh, I do think with Survivor Series coming up, you're probably looking at a women's war games match with damage control and two other people probably against... Bailey, Asuka, Alexa, and two other people from there. I don't know which women you choose. Like maybe you, you said you get Nikki Cross involved here on the Bailey side of things. Um, I don't know who else you would get involved on the face side of things. Um, God, I'm blanking on even who else is on Raw. Well, Candice LeRae. She's been kind oh, of around. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, Candice LeRae. So that's four. I don't know who the fifth team would be. Um, maybe Carmella's out, unfortunately, and just, you know, our thoughts are they with her. They might just do four and four, too. Yeah, you could just do a four and four like they did in the in the previous War Games matches. So used to seeing five on five from the original days. Uh, but like I said, yeah, Carmella, unfortunately, if you, I'm assuming you saw the news right now, having a, uh, a miscarriage in September and also now having an ectopic pregnancy. So, you know, best thoughts out to her. If you uh, explains why she's been off TV for a while, unfortunately. Um, but yes, yeah, so maybe they just do a four on four uh, women's match like that because i'm thinking i'm thinking long term with the five on five being a men's match with the bloodline involved that's why i just keep thinking five on five but yeah maybe four on four makes more sense there but i'm gonna take yeah like i said asuka and alexa bliss to uh retain here uh, let's just do the men's tag team titles real quick while we're at it. We've got the Usos uh, taking on the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland, and Butch for the 
undisputed tag team championships. Uh, I didn't. This was the one match I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, no clue. Uh, I don't see any reason why the Usos don't retain here. There's still so much uh, long-term storytelling to go on with the Bloodline and the Usos, and you know, Sami Zayn has been freaking great. Uh, with this whole storyline and the whole Usi thing, and you can tell he's been trying to break, like, not trying to break, but you can tell Roman Reigns and uh, Jey Uso have been breaking character a lot recently when it comes to trying not to laugh on TV. So uh, good for Sammy there. Uh, I look forward to seeing where this goes. They apparently already had plans for Kevin Owens to get involved, and Triple H just delayed him because everything with Sami Zayn, which is supposed to be such a one-off, has been going so well. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Usos to retain here. I mean, it should be a good match, but I see no reason for the Brawling Brutes to win this match. What do you think, Chairman? It's lock and key for me here. The Usos are retaining. Brawling Brutes are fine, but Sheamus is the centerpiece. I think eventually we do get Sheamus versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Championship. Oh, no, he my pick away. Logan Paul's not winning the fucking championship. But um, I noticed the New Day lately have been kind of talking up, you know, their longest title reign, and obviously we all know the Usos are kind of closing in on that. So I think we're going to get to a point here where New Day will probably challenge the Usos right before they potentially break their record. And I think that'd be kind of cool. Like, hey, you guys want to break our record? Well, beat us, the record holders, and see if the Usos can get through them. Sami Zayn probably will not be around for this event since he is anti uh, this event, and I don't blame him because, well, we've talked about that time and time again. So there will be no Usi Sami Zayn probably this weekend at all, which is a bummer. But yeah, Sami Zayn's been fantastic. He'll be missed, but I'm sure he'll be on SmackDown. So hurrah for that. Yep, and probably no Seamus as well as he just recently got married, so I'm sure he's brought the time off and he's probably going to be on his honeymoon with his wife at this point. So congratulations to Seamus Slayer finally getting married. Uh, let's go to, let's go, oh man, big one. Braun Strowman versus Omos, uh, Battle of the Big Man. Apparently, if you, I, saw my, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but Omos was at the Bills game this past Sunday and I was like, oh darn it, I missed a chance to miss him, to meet him. Oh well. Don't care. Uh, I wouldn't have wanted to waste my time and stepped away from the tailgate. So I'm, I'm surprised I didn't even see him on the field because I, I was in there by the time they were doing um, warm-ups on the field, and I saw pictures of him on the sidelines during warm-ups. I'm surprised I did not see a, a large seven-foot-four man towering over people on the sidelines. But uh, I don't know. Like, Braun's just kind of been there since his return coming back. I don't know what exactly the plan is for him. This is a match you can get away with doing over there because they'll be, you know, it's a spectacle match. But Omos has done pretty much nothing over the last, like, month up until now. So I don't know, excuse me, what we're going to end up happening with here. Uh, what do you got? Who do you got here, Chairman? Every time I see Omos come on the TV Monday night is my perfect bathroom break or I take out the trash so I don't have to do it in the morning or whatever I do because I don't need to see Omos. He's terrible. He's boring. He's nothing special. Not even MVP can get that guy over. So Braun's going to win the match. I mean, unless, you know, MVP decides to, like, get Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander back together for some reason and try to, I don't even know, get the Hurt Business back together. Obviously, Bobby Lashley ain't got no part of that. But I, this match sucks. I don't even care about this match. That's why I'm not watching the event because it's – kind of unwatchable unfortunately for the most part but this match is definitely like just why nobody cares about this match at all yeah i mean maybe the people in saudi arabia well that's why they want it and you know the crown prince sees these two giant guys fighting and think it'll be awesome 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Braun, too. I don't think Omos is part of Triple H's long-term plans, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets released somewhere down the line. Though I thought maybe the same thing about Baron Corbin before he got repackaged with JBL. But, you know, Omos just has no charisma. Even with MVP, he's, nothing clicks about that whole thing, act for me. Uh, you could, you know, there's just, he's not, like I said, when Braun debuted and Braun started getting his single push, he was a versatile big man. Like, he had charisma. He actually could move around. Nowadays, he really can't because his knees are shot. But Omos hasn't, I haven't seen any of that from him yet. So I see no reason for him to get a win over Braun. Uh, let's go to Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross inside of a steel cage. Cross beat Drew McIntyre at the Extreme Rules show. So now we're getting a, a rematch here inside of a steel cage. So there's no distractions, I guess, from Scarlet. I plan, I think, you know, I look forward to this one. I, I've liked Karrion Cross since he's come back. You know, of course, it helps compared to what he was booked as on Raw during Vince's title or Vince's reign. And Triple H has come back and, you know, makes him look like an actual killer and a badass, which is like, you know, if you don't like him in the ring, at least you can appreciate his look finally looks like somebody that could kick your ass in a fight rather than wearing a stupid helmet to the ring. So I got to give him credit there. Um this one's kind of still more of a toss-up for me. Like, I don't know who you end up saying that is going to win here. I mean, Drew's not going after Roman again anytime soon, but at the same time, I don't know if Karrion Cross is going after Roman anytime soon. So it's kind of a toss-up for me who's going to win this one. You could say, well, since Cross won the first match, Drew should win the second match, but... I think Drew's at a point now where he can kind of sustain a couple losses here or there before getting built up. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Karrion Cross to win this steel cage match and kind of continue his momentum going forward. Maybe he gets a one-off title match with Roman Reigns. Who knows? But I think it's a better win for Cross than it would be for McIntyre. So I'm going to go ahead and pick him to win here. What about you, Chairman? Yeah, I agree with that. Like we saw earlier in the year when like Cody and Seth Rollins were feuding and Cody kept getting all the wins. Like, you know, the old way of thinking would be, oh, they're going to have a, this guy win first match, this guy win the second match, and we'll have the old, you know, third and final decisive. But I think this time around, I think Karen Cross is going to win. You think the cage stipulation is going to keep Scarlett out, but I think there's going to be a way that he or she gets in or maybe – Uncle Howdy will make an appearance there. I don't freaking know what's going on with that whole scenario, but I feel like there's just something up carrying across his sleeve that's going to help him beat Drew this time. Drew might get to a breaking point, which would add some depth to his character because he really needs something, some more substance. So I feel like carrying Cross could push him there. And then, you know, carry Cross could either get through this, move on to like Sheamus or Roman Reigns, either or. Um, so that's kind of, I'm kind of agreeing with you on this one. I think, I think Karen Cross is going to win. Okay. We are four for four on agreement here. Let's see if we can get any kind of difference going at all. Um, all right. Six man tag, the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson against the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley's going to be there too, more than likely. Uh, again, I got to give them credit. They've done a good job of making Judgment Day seem like a legitimate threat over this last month. It's something we talked about you know, when they were kind of floundering there for a little bit after they switched up leadership and Edge got kicked out and Finn Balor ended up getting put in. And they've done kind of a good job building them back up. I mean, Rhea Ripley looks like a badass out there. Uh, and, you know, they talk, the OC's been talking about trying to find a female to get somebody to, like, come counteract her. Uh, I don't know who at this point. I don't know if they're waiting for Beth Phoenix to come back and maybe you can do Beth Phoenix, Rhea Ripley. 
I don't know who else there is on the roster or somebody you could call up or sign that you could have to be the counterpart to that. But they've done a good job here with Judgment Day, and it's kind of like to the point now where I'm like, okay, the OC is just kind of there with Styles and Gallows and Anderson. I mean, it's kind of funny seeing, I forget if it was Gallows or Anderson, who were who said they complained the one time they were being held almost hostage in Saudi Arabia. And said it wouldn't go back, and now he's going back again. So that's kind of funny on that end. But uh, what do you think here, Chairman? Who do you got? Yeah, Rhea Ripley is definitely having a breakout performance here with the Judgment Day. I mean, I almost think she's the leader. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still can't wait for her to get back to the ring. I mean, I would love to see her and Bianca Belair get that match that we were going to have earlier this year. But Rhea's unfortunate injury you know, postpone that plan. But, uh, I mean, I'd be curious to see if the OC does bring a female in. There are some rumors that AJ is going to bring Charlotte in because I think they were partners one time when they had that mixed match challenge a while ago. But she's also, I think, on SmackDown. Not that that matters anyway. But um, I'm going to pick the Judgment Day, though. I just, I can't get behind the OC. I mean, I love AJ Styles, but Carol's and Anderson are complete nerds. Like, I just can't stand them. I mean, Anderson ain't so bad, but Gallows, ugh. Can't stand that guy. I mean, we all love Damian Priest here. You know, we're rooting for him. We really like Finn Balor. I mean, sure was a freaking floating turd, but you know, you know, two out of three ain't bad, I guess. So we'll go with Judgment Day. Hey, like I've been saying, I gotta give Dominic Mysterio credit for actually getting some real heel heat here, and like it's not just go away heat. I think the crowd's actually booing him because they hate him now for turning on his dad and making his dad go over to SmackDown so he wouldn't have to uh, see him anymore and for fight him at any point. It's like probably maybe the Royal Rumble. So I got he's still crap in the ring, and so I got but I gotta give Dominic Mysterio a little bit credit there as far as actually getting over and looking like a complete douchebag and acting like a complete douchebag and getting the heel heat that he should be getting for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to go the opposite here. I think I'm going to end up going with the OC. Uh, it's a point where I think the Judgment Day has been winning so much that one loss probably doesn't hurt them. Uh, and I think giving them the win uh, here does uh, a little good for them. And again, you know, the Judgment Day is a group that they've won so much they can probably get some heat back and get some wins on Raw to build themselves back up. So I don't think a loss here for Judgment Day is the worst thing in the world. Uh, let's go to last woman standing match for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair and Bailey. Um, man, I still think they made such a wrong decision, and like the uh, chairman said earlier, having Bailey lose the ladder match at Extreme Rules and at the same time having Bianca Belair pretty much take out all of damage control in one fell swoop. Uh, I don't know if they try to redo it here. Who knows? Uh, you know, there was I saw that Bianca Belair and Montez Ford are going to have their own show on Hulu. So I don't know if that's something they have to start filming with soon. And maybe they don't have them on TV for a bit. So here we are again. And uh, man, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think I want to pick Bailey again here, because, again, I think it's a chance here where they can. Yeah, damage control lost the raw tag titles. But if Bailey wins the Raw Women's Championship, it's a slight saving grace for them. It kind of rebounds them a little bit uh, in the eyes of fans. And I think, it, you know, having Bailey on top of the Raw Women's Division adds a little bit more uh I don't know if I want to say spice, but the word I'm looking for is, I guess, change, where it's, okay, somebody in use on top, they'll probably do continue the feud, like we said, with the whole uh, War Games match taking place probably at Survivor Series, but Bailey just winning the Raw Women's title here, I think, just changes things up a little bit, and 
keeps damage control to the point where, okay, you know, they're still viable, they're still good, uh, even though that EO and Dakota lost the tag titles already and they've been kind of taking some beatings. But nope, let Bailey win and kind of reset things in the Raw Women's Division. So I'm going again and picking Bailey here to win. What about you, Chairman? Bailey's window has closed. I think that if she was going to win the title, they would have had to do it last month. I think Bianca's going to win here. I mean, this goes back to earlier we said that Alexa and Asuka were going to win. So I feel like Damage Controls, they're either going to win all night and all leave of gold, or they're all going to leave of nothing. So I'm under the impression more that they're going to leave of nothing. I think, you know, they're going to have some inner combustible parts. The group's going to possibly teeter and maybe break up. Um, I think it's just that's what losing does to people. I mean, I think um, also that, if, you know, they are getting that TV show that I heard about. You know, obviously, I think they want to showcase Bianca as the champion for a little bit longer. I'm also convinced that Rhea Ripley is the one that will dethrone Bianca Belair when we get to that point. I definitely think Rhea is the more interesting person compared to Bailey. I think Bailey's got her little group. I think Rhea is a dominant heel. Like, she would just kick everybody's ass. So, she actually became the women's champion at some point. She would be a star. That would, like, be the crown to her run with Judgment Day. So I think her and Bianca, I mean, they've had history, you know, the Royal Rumble a few years ago. I mean, those two would tear the house down when we get to that point. So for now, I think Bianca survives and retains. Okay, that brings us to um, probably, at least in my opinion, the best built match on this whole show. Uh, Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley. Uh, their pull-apart brawls have been great. It's been nice seeing Lesnar going out there and selling for uh, Lashley. That segment a couple weeks ago on Raw where Lashley ended up uh, taking the, getting the better of Brock and putting him over the announce table was great. Uh, Lashley's whole this revitalization of his career over the last two years with first winning the WWE title and then winning the U.S. title and having the U.S. title look like an actual like big deal again where he was dead out defending it every single week. Uh, they did the video packages on the U.S. title. It's like probably one of the best positives Triple H has done since winning since taking over by putting more of a focus on the U.S. title and the on Raw and the Intercontinental title on SmackDown with Gunther. Just a big, big positive as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as far as one of probably like honestly, I would say compared to that, that and like the fact that we've gotten more good wrestling on TV every week that isn't rematches. I think those are the two best things Triple H has going for him right now. But what do you think, Chairman? And who are you picking here? Yeah, lots of people are interested in this match. You know, a lot of people like Bobby Lashley. He's done some fantastic stuff. You know, a lot of people are rallying around Brock Lesnar. It's interesting to see Brock Lesnar brought back for a big event and not put in a title match. Like, wow. <laughs> this is insane. Usually if it's Vince, it's like, Brock, go for the champion. Brock, go for the title, damn it. Brock Roman's the... 17. Yeah. Once yeah, in the... Yeah, they fought in Saudi Arabia once before, I think. Yeah, so let's go shit, pal. <laughs> but uh, obviously a new regime, and Brock is a big enough name. He doesn't need to be in the championship match. He can put guys over, you know, as far as, like, the name itself. Like, the match, his name carries value. His name is almost a championship belt. If Bobby Lashley could beat Brock Lesnar, that win does dividends for his career. Granted, Bobby Lashley's had a long in his career, and he's older or whatnot, but still... Like, you know, beat Brock Lesnar is something you can scream at the mountain and shout that you did it. But I don't see that happening here. I also see Brock Lesnar beating that ass. Like, that's just how Brock rolls, man. You know, Brock's going to come in, get his payday. Probably don't see him to the Royal Rumble. And 
Bobby, I mean, maybe he tries to get his U.S. title back from Seth Rollins, which I'm really surprised he's not on the show. I thought for sure with the run that Seth's been having lately, they would have found a spot for him to defend the U.S. title, but that is not to be. So at least he got to kick Theory's bitch ass this past Monday, so that's always a win. But, yeah, Brock wins. Yeah, and again, I got to give credit to Theory for holding his own in that match. I mean, Seth took him to the best match of his career, but Theory was no slouch there. Um Man, speaking of theory real quick, what are your thoughts? Did you see that story, Chairman, that one of the ideas they're tossing around for him is that he's going to hold the title for all the whole year and they're going to have to tell him, okay, you got like an hour left to cash in or like that. What do you think about that? <laughs> it's funny if that's actually going to happen because that would be the first so he can put that on his long list of achievements. He can be the longest money in the bank holder to lose. I mean, that'd be cool. And then, of course, he was teasing NXT cash into. I'm just hoping, like, Triple H just takes the damn briefcase off and, like, gives it, like, Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens or uh, Fleming Bag of Dog shit. Anything would be better than Theory. Yeah. All right. I saw this story. I was like, okay, well, at least it's different. And it's quite clear, I think, that Triple H doesn't see, in theory, what Vince saw in theory, where Vince probably saw my next top star, Triple H probably saw, okay, you know, he's a guy, he's young, but I don't know if he's actually ready to get to that top spot there. But yeah, I'd be fine with that story because it's different and it's something they haven't done with the Money in the Bank storyline. So kudos to them. Uh, as far as the Brock Lashley match goes, man, we started off four for four being the same. Now we're three for three different. I'm going to go ahead and pick Lashley to win here. Um, I think Lashley gets the win. Uh, it's a big, I guess, I don't know if it's a career boost for him because he's had such a long career. But, I mean, Brock is, for the most part, I think we know Brock is a guy that's there for the payday, and if he takes a loss, he doesn't really matter as long as it's somebody that he likes and respects, and it's pretty much, you know, Roman and Cena. Uh, we've seen Triple H and The Undertaker, and why not Lashley? It, you know, the whole program has been built around Lashley kind of being able to get the better of Brock at certain points. So I hope they have the match we all thought they were going to end up having at the Royal Rumble. Uh, and I did get that here. And if they do, I will go out of my way to find it and watch it. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Lashley to uh, win this one, which leads us to our uh, main event, Undisputed Championship, Roman Reigns, Logan Paul. I mean, it's Roman, you know, lock and key, right, Chairman? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. There's no way he's losing the title to that guy. I mean, the long list of, you know, conquer wrestlers of Roman Reigns the past two plus years. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. I heard Jake Paul's going to show up too. So maybe they'll do some weird match with those two and Bloodline at some point. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure Solo will be around. I mean, Jimmy and Jay are obviously going to be there. Obviously, we know Sammy won't be there, but I think Roman will take care of business like he always does. And I think he'll move on to Sheamus, like I said before. Um, I did see that the, uh, 10 years anniversary this month for the Shield, by the way, of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in WWE. Obviously, the other guy is departed, but, you know, Roman and Seth, 10 years, that's awesome. Maybe we can do a little special on that one of these weeks if we have a slow week in the biz. But, uh, yeah, Roman's going to win for sure. <laughs> All right, so since we know that Roman's winning, there's not much thought put into that. I was kind of thinking about this the other day. So, I mean, we're getting close to WrestleMania. It is November, uh, so we're getting kind of slowly into mania season once the december lull comes and we start getting into the rumble build and of course the rumor for wrestlemania has been they've always been trying to get the rock in there and they want to do roman versus rock and i think it's a match obviously we both agree that it can be done without a title i mean it definitely should be done without two titles i mean if you want to have just the universal title which roman has had longer okay but not both titles um 
So there's that out there. Of course, there's always the rumor that Cody's going to win the Rumble and fight Roman and be the one to the throne in. But with the way this whole Sami Zayn storyline has been going, it's clear the crowd is behind Sami Zayn. And if you know typical WWE booking, it's like at some point the bloodline is going to turn on Sami or Sami's just going to snap on the bloodline. So I think with the crowd reaction that he gets, and despite him not being a big, big star for them like over the last few years, I think... I wouldn't put it out of the realm. I know we talked about Sammy and KO being the team to beat the Usos, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that you could see Sammy win the Rumble and have Sammy fight Roman for the title. Because I think the reaction, I honestly think that possibility is a better possibility, a better option at this point than a Cody Roman match. Um, the reaction that Sammy would get for winning the Rumble would be huge. The reaction Sammy would get for being the one to dethrone Roman Reigns would be huge. And the rub he would get from being the one to dethrone Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns would be huge. So I'm kind of to the point now where if you have The Rock locked in, you ha- no offense to Sammy, I think you have to do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, whether it's a non-title match, title match, whatever. Like, you have to do that match. It's your biggest star match. You've got The Rock back probably for the last time to fight Roman you got to do it. But I think if you don't have him locked up at all and you're debating between Cody and Sammy, I would go ahead and give Sammy the nod over Cody. I mean, if you could find a way to get the title off of one of the titles off Roman and you can do maybe like a Seth Cody match one night and a Roman Sammy match another night, I think that would be great. But in me personally, I think, I don't want to say the crowd would resent Cody because I think the crowd would be behind Cody. But I just think if you want your huge pop WrestleMania moment that Sammy beating Roman and fighting him at Mania, I think would be, you know, the better thing. And I don't think you have to worry about, you know, selling tickets because I think they've already sold a good amount. And obviously pay-per-view buys don't matter. But I'm going to go ahead and say Sammy is the option over Cody if I had to pick right now. What are your thoughts, Chairman? I think Cody being out of the injury, unfortunately, kind of hurt him in that regard. Like, I was like, the crowd's not, can't enjoy him, get around him, you know, push him up that ladder because he's not there. I mean, we don't know if he would have been the Money in the Bank winner. We don't know if he would have had a match with Roman by this point already. Like, there's a whole lot of what-if narratives. Like, I was like, Cody was getting huge pops and buzz, you know, when he made his return at WrestleMania and beat Seth Rollins and had all those matches with Rollins. And, you know, we don't we don't know what could have been. Obviously, the Royal Rumble is the rumor of his return. He's probably a heavy favorite should he choose to enter the Royal Rumble. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. Sami Zayn right now is on another level. Like, nobody probably saw this coming. Like, not even, like, creative in WWE, Triple H, you know, Bloodline, anybody. No one probably saw the popularity that Sami Zayn has been getting. Like, the fans are just eating this up. Like, this dude is the breakout performer of the year. I know we still have, like, another month plus to go, but... You know, for wrestling awards, like breakout wrestler of the year, Sami Zayn, hands down, lock and key. That guy is just hilarious. He's something to look forward to every week. Like, he's he's, he's a great wrestler. Like, that's the part we all don't talk about so much. Like, I remember his first match in NXT against Shinsuke Nakamura, one of the most well, Shinsuke's first match, I'm sorry. But that was one of the best matches I've seen, hands down, in NXT. And if you go back and watch that one, if you haven't seen that one, Shinsuke versus Sami, fantastic. But, uh, He's a great wrestler, and his personality is just hilarious. Like, 
this stuff with the bloodline is just oh my gosh, Uzi. I mean that that's just hilarious. Like look that up if you guys don't know the slime behind that. Apparently it's a good one. But uh, yeah, like if he gets the win over Roman Reigns, if he wins the Royal Rumble, even even just if he won the Royal Rumble, the place will lose their minds. Like that would be the biggest pop. I mean, we're talking like Daniel Bryan era run here of like holy shit you know crowds getting into us that, that, that will probably be what the similar to this like that's how big this is like they can't mess this up it's like it's inevitable that the bloodline is going to turn on sammy and honestly if he wants to rumble let's say you know sammy will be all like oh you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight you at wrestlemania or something like that and i don't know or maybe roman will say you know lay down or whatever there's there's a lot of narratives they could play here but yeah i mean I think it'd be really funny too if like Sammy eliminated Uso from the Royal Rumble because then he'd be totally pissed off and he'd go in there and throw Sammy out and then everybody'd be super pissed. There is that possibility, but uh, yeah, Sammy's ain't his money right now. And yeah, you could do The Rock like you said before, but I love The Rock. I do. I love watching the Young Rock, but you know on the TV series. But I don't need to see The Rock wrestle anymore. <laughs> Let's be honest, guys. Roman would kill him, and Rock would probably kill himself and tear a groin again. Like he didn't see Cena or whatever injury he did. It's just you want to watch The Rock, load up your Peacock, and watch some good old classic content from the back in the day. I don't need to see The Rock wrestling in 2023. Yeah, I'm in December 98 now on my Raw rewatch, so I'm getting right to the Roman heel turn. Or not Roman, excuse me, the, I'm right after The Rock heel turn at this point. You can just see him. I mean, obviously you, can, you can see him all through 1998 coming into his own as a character, even early late 97. And then just seeing him be the corporate champion right now, it's like, yeah, this, you could tell this guy was going to be a star. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, that's a good comparison with that you could get, like, if he doesn't win, you could get a big Brian. Like, and depending on who it is, you could get a Brian Danielson-like reaction in your segments building up to it. Though I think Cody probably would have enough respect from a lot of the crowd that I don't think he would, but it's a possibility that you have to think might be out there at some point. And like you said, you could have him eliminate one of the Usos and that could lead to KO and Sami Zayn against the Usos. So, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities for this storyline. I'm still assuming that the bloodline is going to be involved in the men's war game match. Like maybe it's the bloodline versus, I don't know, um, Logan Paul, Sheamus, uh, Kevin Owens, I thought maybe you could do Lashley or Seth. I thought maybe Seth Rollins for a while because he was talking about it, but then he won the U.S. title. But, yeah, definitely a, a lot of possibilities with uh, Survivor Series War Games coming up. And obviously, like I said, slowly but surely getting to the road to WrestleMania. And we'll be here on the Hot Tag po- uh, Pod Tag Wrestling podcast to talk all about it. And you can catch us on PWmania.com for all of that. So for my co-host, the Chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.